This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. David Holmesley, an orthopedic surgeon at Novant Health. Dr. Holmesley, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. Now, I'm looking forward to our discussion. I know we'll talk a lot about some of the new technology in the orthopedic space, especially robotics and how the technology is evolving. But before we dive into those questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, I, um, I've been in practice for about 20 years, and I trained at the uh, Rothman Institute, did residency and fellowship there and finished in 2003. And um, I've been in Charlotte since 2004, um, where I'm uh, the chair of the orthopedic department at Novant Health uh, Presbyterian Medical Center uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's a big health system that's a non-for-profit uh, system that um, supplies uh, healthcare and services to communities in Charlotte, Winston, and Wilmington, North Carolina. Well, that's amazing to hear. And, you know, seems like a huge uh, department to really be overseeing. Um, From your perspective, could you talk a little bit about how you're using robotics and how that's changed the field of orthopedic surgery? What have you seen as the advantages of using robotics? Um, I I think that, you know, it's an evolving field. I I think that it's, I think that the technology has improved a lot over the last 10 years or so where it's a lot more efficient and it's giving uh, or I think it can give surgeons data in the operating room that can make choices or decisions for the patient, um, specifically given their anatomy and, and what their deformity is for, um, in, in particular for like knee replacement planning. Well, that's fascinating to hear. And certainly, as you mentioned, I, I know the technology has really evolved over the um, the past few years, uh, especially to get to a place where it's very sophisticated. And I hear, you know, it can definitely be more precise even than it was, you know, five, 10 years ago. From your perspective, having all that data and information, how does it change the way you think about patients and, and um, the level of care you're able to provide? Well, I think, I think what, what I like about it is that, you know, when we do a knee replacement and, you know, it's trying to get a good, well-balanced knee um, that's essentially centered underneath the hip and above the ankle. And I think that we have really good, accurate uh, alignment rods and tension devices to achieve that. But I think what the robotic surgery does is it really helps with the um, equating that, I guess, idea of feel factor and tension devices to essentially numerical data that then you can kind of translate into not only what you're feeling, but what you're seeing on the computer screen in real time, that then you can position the femoral component and the tibial component to kind of match that patient's um, soft tissue laxity or their knee uh, motion um, by not having to potentially take more bone or um, release more tissue or and accommodate for that before you even get, before you start in the surgery. 
Well, that's fascinating to hear, and, and really it seems like a cool um, technology to have. Have patients uh, really appreciated having their, their robot as part of the surgery, or is that something, you know, um, that some are a little bit nervous about? I think, I think a lot of them like it because they, I think they just feel that it kind of gives you more data, and I think they, you know, um, maybe trust the surgery just a little bit more. I mean, I... I I will say that, you know, when we do, we're doing surgery on patients, a lot of it, a lot of what we do is from the confidence of, of the patient with the surgeon and that they have a more confidence, I feel like they're going to do better and then they're not questioning as much. So I think if they, they feel like, and I do, and I do feel the, the robotic surgery does give you more information to be able to make better decisions about, like I said, with the balancing of the knee. And I think that if you kind of explain it, Playing to the patient that way, they they feel more comfortable comfortable about um, their outcomes. That makes a lot of sense, you know. And really, it seems like it would be um, a valuable tool to have, as, as you mentioned in the operating room. Um, from your perspective, too, is it now? You know, most surgeons are learning about the technology and learning about robotics when they're going through training. Um, how does that really affect new surgeons coming up now? Um, in really being able to use the technology appropriately and, and um, be able to include that within the care that they're delivering. Do you see this as eventually becoming a standard of care or how do you see robotics um, moving forward? That's a, a great and I would say tricky question to answer in the sense that that you know the the robotic surgery doesn't really do the surgery. I mean you have to know how to balance a knee because you know, I, I think that with the the training that we do through courses, um, through um, if you're already out in practice and and you you do it, I would encourage you, you know, to either um, definitely uh, work with a a lab where you can do it on cadaver, and if you have the opportunity to scrub with a, a surgeon that's experienced, to definitely do that because what you'll probably find is is based off of your exposure and your experience because you know, I've, I've been doing them for five years and I've done probably, I've done over a thousand of them and every knee is a little bit different. But what I think what's, what I have found is, is that with the robotic surgery, what I have found that's very consistent with it, I find is, is that the numbers that I'm seeing in the operating room are probably particular to me in what I do in the operating room. And I think if another surgeon was doing the same robotic system, they looked at those numbers, they may not quite be the same based off of what their exposure is and how they like their knee. Some docs like their knee a little bit tighter or some like it a little bit looser based off of where their starting point is. Um, so, I, so I do find there's definitely a learning curve from there. And so it's definitely something to where I think in the orthopedic training, you definitely have got to have a lot of experience, you know, with the surgeon who doesn't do the robot to understand how to balance the knee, because there'll be some nuances that even when you do the robotic surgery, you'll get to the end and you'll still have to do some little tweaking with the balancing. I find though with the robotic surgery, I'm finding I'm doing that less and less with the robotic surgery. So when I get to the end and I'm trialing it, I'm not having to do um, recutting it or doing soft tissue releases where sometimes with the manual, you may have to do that. And, and also what's neat about the robotic surgery, if, if you feel like you can't 
you're not going to be able to accommodate it with a soft tissue release or you're not happy with something. What's neat about the robotic surgery is that if you have to go back and recut something, it's it's um, even more accurate of recutting than having to put the cutting black cutting blocks back on the knee to to refashion the cut. Um, so I think some there's some advantages to the robot, but it, but it's not the end all be all. I mean, you you have to understand kind of the mechanics of the way your knee the way you like your knee replacement and how the numbers that you get on the robotic surgery translate to what you do that makes that a lot of the question <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah, i appreciate yeah, okay. that um and i appreciate you getting into the nuances of it because certainly you know there's a lot to think about there and um as you mentioned being able to understand the procedure um in each surgeon's a little bit different and how they prefer things to go so um that, that's really helpful information now broadening out a little bit when you look at um yourself and in um the orthopedics department at novant how are you thinking about growth and adding value to the organization overall what do you really see as being areas where you're going to spend most of your time on over the next year or two? I would say, I think most of it is, is, is just taking care of, taking uh, good care of patients. I, I think that, um, you know, the, the, um, the thing with the robotic surgery, I think is it's a, it's a, it's a really um, neat technology. And I think that as the, the word gets out and patients, you know, learn about it, you know, I think it is something that, that helps, um, with, with the outcomes. And I think it's, it's neat to stay on top of the, the technology, but also to explain to patients too, that in hip and knee replacements, we've got such good technology. It's hard to say what the, the newest stuff that's coming out is going to be the best for them because we need about 10 years of data to show that what we've been using is, is good and, and is better than what we're currently using now. And I think we're getting, we have enough data now to show that with the robotic surgery, it's definitely the same as the traditional way of doing it. And I think as we kind of move forward, we're probably going to find that I think it's, you know, it will be, um, if not equal better in the sense of consistency, consistency for patients. So I think, I think that part's neat, neat for patients, you know, just kind of stay, staying up with the technology and, you know, just kind of explaining to patients what's out there because they do get a lot of information off the internet. And part of our job that's frustrating as it is sometimes because of what comes out in the internet is just to explain it to them in a, you know, in a, um, in a way that they understand that that's kind of best for them. I can imagine that there, you know, sometimes is misinformation and sometimes the marketing hyperbole that gets in there, um, you know, and it can become tiring to, to continue to explain that to patients, but such an important lesson in, in part of your interactions with them. Um, you know, do you ever get patients coming in asking about robotics or really wanting that to be part of their care? Yeah, I think they do because they, 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 they're starting to hear about it more and they just kind of want to know um, what's out there as far as the tech technology goes. And I think part of that is a little bit word of mouth. Sometimes it's even, um, you know, um, with the patients um, being referred for, from their um, doctors and, um, you know, kind of just wanting to know kind of what's out there to give them the best possible outcome that they can get. And I think, I think that one of the neat things about working at um, Novon is, is they kind of evolve, uh, um, you know, working as a team to, to try to make the best possible results they can for the patient. And, you know, that kind of starts from the nurses, the physical therapists, the anesthesiologists. And, you know, I think that gives us some really good outcomes to where, you know, we've, we've become 
um, a partner with uh, Carum Health, which is like a digital health company that kind of looks at the top 10% of providers, you know, based off of their outcomes. And we've been lucky and unfortunate to be able to partner with them. And so that's gathered more patients too um, with, for um, hip and knee replacements. Absolutely. That's great to hear. And, you know, you also mentioned some of the misconceptions. Is there one common thing that people come in thinking that just isn't true? I would say as far as a knee replacement goes, they come in thinking that the knee is going to, you know, fix all their problems. And once you put the knee in, it's going to feel like a normal knee and they'll never know it's a knee replacement. And what I try to explain to patients is regardless of how well aligned or how well balanced it is, they'll probably always know it's an artificial knee because it just doesn't move like a normal knee, regardless of the implant that you use. Um, it's, you know, obviously usually better than the arthritic knee um, where you can, you know, do activities on it um, that, um, you know, that they can't do on their arthritic knee. Um, and so that's something they've got to, I, I try to, I try to explain to the patient where the hip replacement, a lot of patients, you know, they'll forget which hips replaced and the rehab's not as hard. And other than some maybe numbness over the incision, they'll may forget which hips replaced. But a knee, a knee, the complexity of it is just so much, the way it moves, it's so hard to reproduce with a knee replacement that most patients will kind of know it's an artificial knee. Got it. That, that's really interesting to hear and, and definitely um, good to know. Now, is there any other technology that you use and, and really feel like is cutting edge or on the forefront of, of uh, where orthopedics is headed? I, I, I've, I've probably over 10 to 13 or 14 years, I've been using, um, um, on, on with some knee replacements, I've been using uncemented knees or press fit knees. Um, I've had really good results with those. Um, and those are, you know, when we do a knee replacement, a lot of times we'll cement it to the um, end of the femur and the, the tibia. Um, but I've been also, but I've been doing a lot of, um, what's called press fit knees where there's bone on growth. So you don't have to use cement. Um, and I like that technology a, a lot. Um, and it, and it's been good to me and my patients. So I've continued to do those. I've been doing uh, more and more of those, uh, press fit knees. Well, that's awesome to hear. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, before we wrap up, I'm wondering, are there any other areas where you see it as being really primed for growth and development in orthopedics going forward? I think, I think that, um, you know, I, I think it's just, it, it's, it's something where, like I said, with the hip and knee replacements, our technology is really good currently where we think, you know, hopefully they're going to last 20 to 30 years. So it's hard on new technology to come out to, to jump on that bandwagon. And I think that, you know, a lot of surgeons did with the metal and metal technology with the hip replacements because of the lab, you know, it looked like it was going to do well. And then there are patients that didn't do well with those. Um, so I think that, you know, it's being careful, but also kind of looking at um, the outcomes of the patients. And I, I think that, you know, kind of back to the question you just asked me, the other, the other thing I'd find not necessarily technology, but um, it's more uh, too of what are the outside modalities that we can utilize to help the patient have a better outcome with their physical therapy and activity level. And so I think that's kind of a team approach and doing things like, um, you know, peripheral nerve blocks and regional anesthesia, um, different types of, um, you know, uh, medications that we use um, interop and post-op to help the patient be able to kind of do their physical therapy a little bit easier, um, which can improve their outcomes. 
Fantastic. Well, Dr. Holmesley, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. This has been really a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Sure. I appreciate you having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.